So I want to share with you this morning on the subject, how not to lose your mind during a crisis. But first, I must share with you the risk of losing our minds, the things we lose, the things we forfeit when we cannot control our temper, when we cannot control what is coming out of our mouths, when we cannot control our actions against other people. And there are so many things that can go wrong, but these are four major things you may risk losing. Number one, you may lose your friends and your family. The Spirit of God tells me all the time, Edward, if you can keep it together, you might lose your friends. You might lose your family members. And number two, you may lose your respect and dignity. Because then, people are surprised when they see you behave, speak, or talk a certain way. They didn't know uh, you could be such a person. And number three, you may lose your job or your business deals, you know, or your clients. And number four, you may lose your life. And not only in the physical sense, you also lose your actual soul. When we cannot keep it together, we risk losing life. The people who kill themselves or kill other people. This is a real danger and risk in our society today. But is it always easy to keep calm and just suck it in? No. It's not easy. But can it be possible? Yes. It is possible. Is it possible to wait for the right time and the best cause of action, the best words, the best response to give to a situation? Yes. But it's between that time of distress and anger and the time when you can make sense that's most difficult. And God has been teaching me how to manage that period of time. How can you manage that period of rage and real distress, real disappointment, real pain? All of these things come because of some real pain. There are a few cases which are really childish and not necessary. But most of the time, the things that attack us are very real. The enemy is very real. And the goal is to tear you down, to destroy you. How can you stand and overcome? Now let's take a first, uh, our first reading in the book of Samuel. Some, first Samuel 30, chapter 30. 30, yes. Okay. 
And I'll read it from New Living Translation. It's okay. Or NIV. Let's just read from NIV. David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziglag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went away. Then David and his men reached Ziklag. They found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Aionam and Zezreel and Abigail. Aionam of Zezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nebo, Nebo of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in God. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Amalek, Bring me the heifer. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord. Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will suddenly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Even in the midst of this chaos, when they're seeing before their eyes ruin, destruction, abduction, and the men of David were furious. They wanted to kill him. David took a deep breath <laughs> and called the priest. He knew he needed to do the right thing. First, to inquire, to pray to the Lord. Amen? So that God could give him good counsel and wisdom and what he should do concerning this enormous problem. If it was me, I would just say, okay, all the men, let's go. And we could charge, and I tell you, in anger we can do anything. But then we become reckless and do it wrongly. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And by the way, King David was successful. He pursued the Malachites and found them having a good time. You know, they, were, they had thrown a party, you know, with all the spoils. And, and, and none of them escaped, the Bible says. And the Lord brought back uh, the things that stolen to David and his men. 
Do not be anxious, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Three things here. Prayer, petition, thanksgiving. The first thing you want to do when you don't feel right, when you feel like you're getting over your head, just say a little prayer. Say, God, help me here. Help me in this situation. You can pray out loud, too. You know? <laughs> Even when your attacker is still present. Say, Lord, help me here. Go on your knees. Amen? Amen. If somebody is throwing insults at you, you know, attacking you, Kneel down. <laughs> Kneel down and start praying out loud. Isn't that crazy? But it works. Even in public. Say, Lord, help me please. <laughs> Give me wisdom here. How can I deal with this person, Lord? Don't pray, don't pray like, uh, uh, <laughs> like who? What's, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the strongest man in the Bible. Samson. Don't pray like Samson. Say, Lord, muscles. <laughs> Let me show this person that he or she cannot mess with me. <laughs> pray like that. Don't pray like that. Pray that God may give you calm, may give you love, more love, may give you peace. And the Lord fights our battles. And then there is the petition aspect of prayer too. Petition it. Amen? Amen. Petition. Don't give up so easily. Don't expect results too soon. Unless you're going to leave before the delivery is made. Amen? Say, so Lord, you're taking too long. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, wait. Wait like Daniel waited for 21 days. He prayed, and on the 21st day of his praying and fasting, that's when the angel was released to deliver that message. Sometimes the Lord will wait. Sometimes, and a lot of times, God's time is not ours. And you simply want to accept that fact. You know, I, I have I've had to accept that fact recently. You know, I keep on reschedule, rescheduling my flight to go back to Uganda. So, Lord, is it this time now? He says, no. <laughs> and I've just accepted it, embraced it, and working to be at peace with it. So when that time comes, I will go. Do not kill anyone. It's not worth it. It is not the, road, the Lord's timing. It's not supposed to work out that way. You just have to wait. Losing your mind will not help it either. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. 
It's not going to help it. Then I'm going to go about grumpy all the time. It will not help me. It will not help the people around me. Because I cannot change it. I don't have the power to change it. If I can, I will. But I have to admit that I cannot change it, so I will accept it the way it is. If the Lord gives me wisdom to deal with it, to change it, to work around it, I will. And that's why scripture says, who by worrying can add a day to their lifetime? Nothing we do in our own strength can help. We need to consult with the Lord. Consult with God and find strength and that good counsel that you need. That best way to respond. That best, that strength to endure the pain of the moment. It's painful. Yes. Look at David. He was distressed. Can you imagine coming home and your wife and children are taken? My friend Dave, can you imagine that? It's difficult. You become uh, distressed. You become sad. You become angry. And that is real. It is real. But what can I do about it? I have God on my side. He who fights for me will step in front of me and fight for me. Will fight for you. We have to let him fight for us. Do not fight on your own. Let God fight for you. Because if you fight on your own, you know the answer. Amen? Amen. So prayer must become the first thing, which is not easy. It's easy said than done. Because the first response, humanly, you want to revenge You want to revenge. How dare you say that to me? Amen. I shouldn't say amen to that. (laughs) But if somebody attacks you for sure, or some situation attacks you, real, painful, Weighing on your soul, inflicting your skin like job. From this man, we learn that the first thing they did was to go on their knees. Lord, I don't understand this, but you do. And as you pray, Wisdom will come. Cancer will come. Strength will come. I have seen this happen in my own life. So number two, you want to start praising God. Worship God. It's not easy when there's real pain. But there is a miracle that happens. There's a connection that happens between your soul and your maker that pushes you to go down on your knees, throw yourself down and say, Lord, naked I came into this world 
And naked I will go. I want to give you glory. Sing songs of praises. Songs that can give you hope. Songs that can stir up your faith. You know, sing your own song, your new song. Say, Lord, I've seen you done it before. I know you will do it again this time. I have seen your hand mighty upon my life before. I know you will do it again today. Lord, I know that you, you are the only one who knows it all. And so we submit, I submit to that authority. I submit to that power. I submit to that strength. Amen? Amen. And so then, you will begin to, to see that mountain becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. Learn to sing and dance around your mountain. That's, that's more than a metaphor. <laughs> it is something practical you can do. And it might seem crazy, but it works. It worked. It worked for some crazy guys dancing around the wall of Jericho. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> yeah. It just, seven days, the first day, nothing. Second day, third day. They just kept dancing. And we can learn lessons from this. How can, we, how can it be relevant? How can it uh, help us today? Because when you worship and praise God, it saturated your spirit. It saturates your spirit. And then it ignites that faith in you. And then you begin to believe in God then faith is restored. You know, faith must be restored in your heart. You must still have faith. Have faith in God to deal with the problem. Have faith in people sometimes. Sometimes we must have faith in humanity. Maybe things are looking so rotten and a lot of crazy things are happening out there, but we must continue to have faith that something good can come out of the mess that we see. And so as you praise God, as you praise God for the good things, He will focus your mind on the things that work, to things that are still good, to things that are still valuable, to things that are noble. Those are the things that will begin to saturate your mind, to fill you, replacing the bitterness replacing the lack of faith. And you become a more positive person in society. Now, when you walk about, people see you as a positive, loving, caring person. Amen. And yes... Sometimes our faith are known to us. We don't know what will happen, the outcome. But if you must go down 
like so many of our men and women of faith of old, if you must go down, then go down in faith. Go down strong. Go down faithful. One day, all of us are going to be gone. We'll, we'll exit the scene, and our children will take over. But when that time comes, exit faithfully. Exit like a warrior who fought the good battle, who ran the race and finished well. Go down strong. Don't faint. Don't faint now yet. The Bible says that if you faint during a crisis, then your strength is small. Maybe you should start working on your strength. <laughs> Maybe I should keep working on my strength, building my strength, my faith. We have forfeited beautiful things that God had given to us. Some of us, maybe when you're, not, we're not here, you're not here. Some of us out there, we have lost treasures. Wonderful things that God has given us. Beautiful families are lost. I hope we don't lose, keep lose, I don't hope, I hope we don't lose this country. This beautiful country God has given uh, to all of us. I hope we don't lose the church. I hope we don't. I hope the church will remain strong, faithful to the task that God had given it. Simply because men and women have become weak and fragile. They have become self-centered. They have become impatient. And the values are just flying out the window. May we pause, think, pray for calm, and then do the right thing and say the right things. Yeah, I just wanted to encourage you with these brief words. And my hope is that you will be an overcomer. You'll be a winner. Someone that society looks and, and, and people marvel. Your family, when they, when they see you, they marvel. You know. See, before, uh, at the beginning of this sermon, I said, and I'm going to go back there and close from there, that there are things that we lose that are more precious than the things we want now, than those things that are pressing us now. We end up forfeiting greater things. And I want to talk briefly about family. 
as I close. See, I've been married uh, 11 going on 12 years now. Thank God to a beautiful wife. Um, not a single day as she raised her voice at me. And I don't remember any single day. She should be the one to tell you that, that I raised my voice or my hand at her. And, and that's a decision that I made before I got married. Because I was raised in a very chaotic family. People fighting all the time. Not just verbally, I mean physically. All the time. Chaos. 17 children being raised under one household. My mother and my stepmother, they were all there. And my dad was that traditional king. Who, who is the authority? And no one can stand against her, against him. And he could not uh, do as somebody else says. He just did things his own way. I love my dad, don't get me wrong. He has, he, over the years, he's changed. And he's, he's a wonderful person now. But then, he was lost. The Lord has been doing great things, transforming my family. And so that's, that's the kind of work that I believe, I know happens when people begin to put down their, their weapons and stop fighting. So I'm just giving that a very personal, very close example to so that you, can raise, you may resonate with me. So my father... Then over the years, I realized that some of my siblings did not respect him. Not at all. They did not really respect him. Because he did not earn it when we were little. And I see this happening all the time in so many other families. That when your dear ones, your loved ones, sees you as a threat, sees you as the unloving person who loses his or her mind, and then everything is chaotic. Every time you lose your mind and do something stupid, it's recorded in the hearts of people, especially people who are dear to you. Every time you're angry and you shout or you Give them that most painful thing called the silent treatment. It's recorded in their hearts. And it builds up. Builds up. May we reverse that in the name of Jesus. May we start writing good things in the hearts of our dear loved ones. Let's erase the past. And God can erase the past. He will separate it as far as east is from the west. And then we start replacing it with positive words, kind actions, sweet memories created together. 
so that when you leave for trip, there is a hole created in your family. People are sad and missing you. And when you come back, it's like light and life and energy has returned. So that even now when you're dead, we're all going to die someday. People will feel the pain, you know, and they will remember you forever. They'll write your biography. They'll remember the good things, the good life you have lived in their midst. That's all that it matters. That's all that matters. The real you is after you're gone. Don't let people sing praises when you're gone. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> Thank God he's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's gone. <laughs> no. <laughs> let it be the other way around. Amen. May God give you the calm, the peace to stay calm. I know that we're dealing with a pandemic right now. And a lot of people are losing it. And I told God, I said, please help me not to lose it. Keep teaching me, give me strength every day so I can stay calm and still keep my sanity. This virus is going to go. And that's the last word I want to leave with you. Every mountain in your life, every pain, every situation, even the Red Sea, Whatever it is, it is here today. Tomorrow is going to be gone. Do not let it go with your dignity, with your life, with your faith in God. There's no situation that is permanent. And that's, that's a great realization that comes to me often. I remember years ago when I was laying down on my sick bed, agonizing in pain. And the Spirit of God just kept encouraging me day in, night out, that this is not permanent, son. You will be well. And I'm here today. Have faith and have hope. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you for time here together. I shared from my heart, and I hope that these words will be encouraging, will remind us the brevity of this life, will remind us of the power and might of God. And will remind us to stay at peace and wait upon you. Bless this day and bless my brothers and sisters here. In Jesus' name, amen.